Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, I'm Nick DiMatteo, and welcome to Music is Everything, a podcast where I take uh, a subject uh, relating to music that I'm passionate about, that excites me, that wakes up my brain, and I discuss it in detail, and I tie it into everyday life. If you like this podcast or any or my other podcast or anything on my YouTube page, please take a moment and subscribe. Pause this video and click the link below and subscribe. As you know, if you have any experience with YouTube, it's free. There is no obligation other than to click that button. You'll get updates on when I post new videos and anything else going on, and it's a great way to keep in touch. It will really mean a lot to me. Thank you. For those of you new to this podcast in particular, uh, the format is I read uh, text I've written verbatim right off screen there, and then I discuss it afterwards more extemporaneously. I give my thoughts and give more specifics and things like that. And as always, I welcome your thoughts and comments too. Please, they mean a lot to me as well. I, I don't care if you love this or hate this or have feel fall somewhere in the middle. You're indifferent. I love to hear what you think and what you feel because as always, with everything I do with music, the objective is conversation and connection. This week's topic is who are your heart artists? So let's get to it. There's a lot of music out there. The quantity and variety of music production and release correlates to two main things. A, the world population. There will always be a barely fluctuating percentage of the general population who make music. And B, the increasing ease that technology presents in sharing the music you make and how much wider the reach each new technology provides. Internet posting is easier and reaches farther than emailing MP3s, which was easier and broader than burning CDs, which was easier than making cassettes, which was easier than pressing vinyl, which was easier than printing sheet music, which was easier and reached farther than standing on a street corner singing your song. All of that is great. The more, the better. But what doesn't change is that no matter how much music we're exposed to, each of us is still only one person. We might be able to access more kinds of music more quickly than any other generation, but we still have the same finite capacity to digest it all. We've all heard about the attention span crisis. People can't sit with one thing long enough anymore to really get to know and appreciate it. I admit that phones and all the rest make it so easy to bounce from one thing to another and that capturing someone's attention for more than 10 seconds is a major feat. But the attention span crisis is no newer than any of the other complaints about new technology we've heard since the dawn of whenever. So let's forget about that and get to the point. No matter what's changed, what you think is better or worse about the present, one thing that will never change is that any true music lover has their favorites. 
their take-to-the-grave bands, their I-don't-need-to-wait-for-desert-island-to-hold-on-tight-to-these-singers. I call them heart artists. And this is what makes a heart artist. You love and accept everything they do. Even when they miss the mark, go on a wild tangent or get lost in some other way, you don't give up. Their music speaks to you on many levels. You hear musical and lyrical nuances that tell a more complete story of existence. So you're connected to what they do beyond the music itself. You feel more awake and alive when you hear a song of theirs, like the air itself is electroshocking you. They're a direct link to your spark of life creation, the one that exists in all of us. They're a safe space in the midst of madness. You want others to know how it feels to love them and to share in that love with you. It's not that the love is unconditional. It's that their very existence and way of being and expressing already meet all the conditions. It feels trite to call them a favorite. It would take a thousand words to describe why you love them, and even that wouldn't be enough. You may even get defensive if you feel someone else doesn't understand how great this artist is. If you've ever fallen in love or are in love now, you know what this feels like. Nothing in the world beats the deepest connection and sharing of the life spark that loving another brings. And no matter if you're far apart or right there together, you can take that love with you wherever you go. Your brain and heart know the feelings and are a part of you regardless of circumstance. You know the songs without having to hear them. We can't all be together with the ones we love right now, but we can still find as many ways as possible to connect. Heart artists are more than an escape from our troubles. They're an extension and transcendent expression of the love and acceptance we thrive on from our heart people. Who are yours? That's what I've been saying. That's what I got to say. So, uh, I, you know, this, this uh, name just popped into my head one day and I kind of had an understanding of what it meant, but not 100%. It took me fleshing it out in the text to really get an idea of why uh, a hard artist is more important than other artists. And, and not only that, and I think I may have talked about this before, whether it might have been in one of my other podcasts, um, I, I, there are some people and I think they're rare, but there are some people who aren't passionate at all about music. Um, I mean, there are people who aren't passionate about many different things, but since we're talking about music here, and that's cool, that's fine. If that's in your DNA, if that's your personality, if that's how you were brought up and how you developed, that's great. But my argument is the vast majority of people are passionate about some kind of music at some point. And to get that passion, it means you are connected on a deeper level. You know, it means, you know, that artist, you may not know every, what number of every track, every song and every album is, or things like that. You may not know who, you know, 
who sat in on keys on a certain song or something like that that wasn't part of the band or whatever. You may not know all the details that are more logistical or trivial in a sense, although they're awesome to know as well. But it's just really, again, it's the music itself that, that matters. It's the music itself that is making that connection that you feel the sparks and things like that. And, and there are times where... Uh, an artist, you know, or a song in particular gets to me through the way it builds or the way it, you know, I don't know, crescendos or, or it dips down, but usually it's a crescendo. I feel that actual tingle throughout my body, you know, but the, on, on the whole, on a broad sense, so that idea of hard artists being more than a favorite, you could say like, I don't know, for some, you know, people who are into older music, Frank Sinatra is my favorite. Totally get that, you know, um, but does every album that Frank Sinatra do find its way into you somehow? Does every song he does, whether it's his greatest song or his weakest song, somehow connect with you? Then he's just a favorite, and that's awesome. Great to have a lot of favorites. I have 100, 200 favorites probably, you know. Um, but a hard artist is way more than that. It's way more than that. It's like I said, that love and acceptance is, it's not that it's unconditional. It's that it doesn't matter whether, you know, it's like... It's like a relative that no matter what they do, you're going you're gonna to love them, you know, or a, a someone love even closer, a child or a, you know, a partner. Uh, so my hard artists, there they're, they're are uh, no, well, there are some surprises. I'll say that. Some are kind of obvious. Uh, I'm just going to list them and maybe go through a couple of little things um, so we can kind of just keep this tight. Um, Beatles, U2, Who, The Who, Prince. Chicago, we'll get to that. The Cure, Violent Femmes, Beastie Boys, Matthew Sweet, They Might Be Giants, Foo Fighters, me, my music, Wreck, my band, Wreck's music. I mean, of course it would be. If it's not, why am I doing this, right? And, you know, there are others, but those I think are the big ones. I may have forgotten a few. And the thing is, the thing is this. Everyone has a reason why uh, an artist or a song, you know, a band is their favorite or a type of music. And I'm reading this book, uh, Why You Like It, and I think it's The Science and Culture of Musical Taste or something like that, written by the guy who created the Music Genome Project for Pandora. And, you know, pros and cons about Pandora and the entire idea of that, I, 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 but I admire the effort. And the book is really detailed, and it talks about how there are certain factors that go into why people like certain music. I'm not going to get into that here except to say that for me, as I've said on many of my podcasts, uh, one of the main factors is a band who is willing to get eclectic, a band is willing to explore, a band who is, who is willing to do things that come out of here and not out of here, you know, which, I mean, that's an important consideration, of course, you hope that good musicians make a living, and let me tell you, not all of them do, but that's to never, you know, popularity or not popularity, that's not the thing, right? Uh, they're, the way the, they uh, write lyrics, the, the inclusivity of not just um, the, the way they produce music and how, uh, you know, they can layer things and create um, blends of genres and labels, and you know I hate those words, but the idea of coming from different styles and areas, but what they say lyrically isn't always about the same subject and things like that. So I, I feel like these bands that I've mentioned, they kind of all fall into that category. Some have a, more, have a more tighter style and sound than others. The Foo Fighters don't travel that far afield from what they do. But then you have people like, you know, Prince and the Beatles, um, 
and again, Chicago, and I'll get to that, and that, other people, even the Beastie Boys, uh, who do kind of trend, they might be giants, huge, you know, who, who genre hop or hop around the types of music all over the place, and you know I like that. But you know what? A lot of bands do that. I don't know if I can completely un uh, describe why it is these particular bands are hard artists for me, or more than just I admire them, I respect them, I like them, they're a favorite. They're more than all of that. Um, you know, but they are. And... It's not even a rose-colored glasses thing. There, 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 there are bands you have as favorites, and there are people you get, again, maybe defensive or etc. But if you're really being honest, you know that bands are not always at the top of their game. The songs are not always the best. How could every song be the best song? That's completely impossible on every level, um, every album, anything like that, every period, every era you know, of their music. Um, and so I'm not saying... Okay, so everything every one of these bands did, did was great all of the time. Um, there are some of these bands, I'll be honest, that not not everything they did that was even good. There were you know periods, and I'm gonna use one band as an example of this, and that is uh, Chicago. And I I did an entire podcast on Chicago. Please look it up if you subscribe and you check out my list. You can easily find my podcast on Chicago, and I think you'll appreciate it because it really goes into depth in their eras and things like that. But what I can get into here very quickly is is that there was music they did that people don't know that they did because they became so popular in the '80s from their kind of pop power ballad stuff with Peter Cetera doing most of the lead vocals that um, it wasn't in, you know, that they didn't realize a lot of people that Chicago had a whole history way before that, that included jazz fusion and progressive rock and even some classical stuff and funk and, and uh, you know, uh, folk and, and just straight up rock and blues and all of that. And one of the greatest guitarists of all time, Terry Kath and, and all of that, um, there were times where their lyrics, even in their best material, really weren't that great, to be honest. There were times where uh, they lost their way. I think their way was a different way in the 80s, and you can take it or leave it, and I do like a lot of that stuff. It's not my favorite period, but I do. Um, in the late 80s, I think, and, and through, I, I personally feel like, for whatever reasons and decisions they're making, they're focusing maybe more on the live gig you know, recording-wise and certainly writing-wise, you know, lost their way. But guess what? I have all of their albums. Uh, a lot of people hate their late 70s output between the time when Terry Kath died and Peter Cetera and David Foster kind of took over. Um, I find some gems in there, but I understand why it's weaker than, than, the, than the previous era and, and in some ways the subsequent era. But this is all to say that this is one example of a band that is a hard artist for me because of how they do what they do. And I do like, I like stuff that has a good rhythm section. It's funky, has a good bass. I mean, the Beatles, you know, one of the greatest bass players ever, things like that. Um, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't mean you have to love, un, you know, uh, unconditionally every single thing they do all, all at once. It's that it doesn't matter. You will follow them until they die or you do, basically. Um, and then, yeah, that's my story. That's, that's, that's uh, a good, hopefully, good illustration of how that idea of hard artists can work within you. So why don't you tell me who your hard artists are? Um, why don't you uh, Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Tell me about the people in your life and somebody. Can you equate in in a certain way 
someone you love with a type of music or band that you love and understand how it transcends mere mere connection, mere liking. It, it goes deeper than that and higher than that. Uh, and again, please subscribe. Please take a pause. Not much else in this video anyway. Go on to something else and subscribe. Click the link. Uh, thank you, as always, for watching, for listening, for commenting, for clicking and sharing and subscribing and liking and sharing. Please share if you like this. Please share. Please share. Sharing is wonderful. Uh, and and um, I will see you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.